Hey, good morning, Life Church. It is so good to be with you today. Yeah. Summer is a great time. We get to hear from different campus pastors. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Dan Taylor. For those of you that don't know, I represent or am the campus pastor on the Appleton campus. Yeah, let's hear it for Appleton. Another way to say that is that my name is Dan Taylor and I'm the campus pastor on the best Life Church campus. And the crowd goes crazy. Yeah, we're going to have some fun today. Well, maybe you noticed my t-shirt today. Maybe we can't agree on which campus is the best, but this t-shirt, if you serve here at Life Church, you received one of these if you were at our last team night. And guys, it's this that unites us. I love that we are one church, multiple locations, and we are united by this vision to see life change through God in the local church, right? That's what it's all about. And I want to say thank you to those of you who have served long before I ever arrived on the Appleton campus, and you helped make possible even what we do in Appleton. So I'm here, yes, to share God's word, to greet you, and also to say thank you for all that you've done to serve and to make what we're doing in Appleton possible. I love partnering with all of you and serving God's kingdom. So we're in this series, Songs of Summer. And I have to say that I believe the great country theologian Marin Morris is so correct when she says, if you just take a song and put it on the radio and turn up the volume, you can almost have church, right? There's something about music that God just uses. And the Psalms are actually a collection of songs and poems written by David and a, a number of other authors, and they would be sung and, and uh, for memory. And songs do that for us, especially songs in the summer. In fact, I would say that a lot of times we can mark the year by the song that we hear. Right? You go in a store somewhere, or you're at a youth event, a basketball game, whatever it is, and you hear some song on the radio, and it takes you back to a certain time in your life, and you really get a sense of enjoyment out of that. Okay, my daughter, who is 26 now, she was a cheerleader all through high school, and, and uh, so when I hear the song, when I go in somewhere, and the song... Um, uh, summer, like, I for, uh, man, I was rehearsing this in the, in, you know, on the way here this morning. Uh, I get it mixed up with a couple other songs. We're going to have a good time tonight. That's what it is. We're going to have a good time tonight, right? And we would be going down the road with her and, and some of her cheerleader friends, and we'd be singing this song, and the radio's cranked, right? And so when I hear that song, even though I can't sing it, when I hear that song, I'm 46 years old again, right, or 44 years old again. I'm right back there, and I think those thoughts and, and have those memories. That's what the book of Psalms is really about, going through and remembering those key moments. Maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but the book of Psalms is filled with all kinds of things, human emotion, 
God's deliverance, just a number of themes that, that make up actually five books that were combined into one. And each has its own overriding theme, and, and they're put together, and we find such great stuff. We find the longest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119, 175 verses. Definitely not the, the chapter you want to read when you're late with your devotions on a particular day before work. But God had you in mind when uh, the psalmist wrote Psalm 117, which is only two verses. And so on that day that you're behind with your devotions, you can say, God, I'm going to read a full chapter today because I'm really committed to you. Right? Like, I've read that one several times. Anyway, I want to speak to you this morning about the benefits of God's care. We all love benefits. Right? We live in a day where people will accept a job based on the benefits even more than the pay. How much time off do I get? Can I work from home? That's a relatively new phenomenon in the last several years. Can I work from home? What are the, you know, do I have a gym membership? How much do you cover with my gym membership? Do you give me a laptop? All of these different benefits. What are my health benefits. But before we get to the benefits, sometimes we have to look at the realities of life. And in life, guys, we will have trouble. And let me say right off the bat that all trouble does not look the same. I was recently with a friend of mine who's experiencing incredible blessing in his life. And I could go so far as to say that it is a problem to him that he's seeking God and wondering how to process because he wants to leverage it the best that he possibly can for the glory of God. So he's like, Dan, what do I do? How do I navigate this? How do I handle this? How do I deal with this in a way where I still raise healthy children and, you know, they don't just feel they've had everything handed to them? So problems, trials are on multiple ends of the spectrum and everything in between. Unfortunately, some of those problems are even catastrophic. But focusing on the problem rather than God does not solve anything. But it's so easy to do, isn't it? Our problems become so large, so amazing, and, and we think, man, I just don't have what it takes to get over this, whether it's suffering or, or whether it's trying to leverage the blessing of God. You know, we feel so insignificant and unable. Think about it. The last time you experienced trial, difficulty, challenge, what did you do? Did you start to freak out a little bit? I mean, did you, did you, you know, start to pout a little bit? Did you say, oh, Lord, I just, I don't know why I have to deal with this. I don't know why I have to go through this. Did you begin to question God? Did you sink into self-pity or become despondent? Or did you turn to the Lord in prayer? And while it may seem like something that's easier to say than it is to do, we can look at the heroes of our faith as they face trials and even catastrophes. 
King David dealt with his fair share of problems while he was on this earth. And we can look at 2 Samuel chapters 13 through 19 to see a story of some of the real difficulty, challenge, and even catastrophe in his life. It starts out by the story of his daughter being raped by one of his sons who was her half-brother. And then another brother gets very upset over what's happening, and David's not sure what to do, and so he doesn't really do anything. This one brother who watched this and his family's very upset, his name's Absalom, and he's got some other things going on in his life, and he starts to try and overthrow the throne, and, and so he starts going out to different people saying, hey, David is no longer fit for the throne, but I'm fit for a king, and so he starts getting people to come around his life, and, and he tries to overthrow the throne, and of course, David is on the run for his life. Can you imagine? It's one thing to have difficulty with your teenage child at home, can I get an amen, or am I the only one who went through that, right? It's one thing to have difficulty with a teenage child, or one thing, it's interesting, I'm not proud that I had difficulty with a teenage child, but I'm proud that I was a teenage child who gave some difficulty, right? So maybe you're on either end of the spectrum there, and David understood that, but when he was pressed, he turned to God. When David was pressed, he turned to God. When Absalom was pressed, he turned to man. That's really interesting, right? Both men having difficulties and challenges, one turns to God, one turns to man. David worships God, Absalom exalts himself. David worshiped God while Absalom erected monuments to himself. And David looked to God's glory while Absalom sought the fame that would come before men. David trusted God. Absalom trusted himself. So we go through all of that and move to Psalm 3, verses 3 and 4. And it's a prayer of David when he's in the midst of all this junk. And he says this, but you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. I want to touch on three things very quickly this morning. The first one is this, God is my protection. God is your protection. It says this, but you, O Lord, are a shield about me my glory and the lifter of my head. Most of you know on some level what a shield is and it's for protection. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time there today, but it just represents or is one of the areas or one of the items that God used to provide protection for the children of Israel and for David. But he used a lot of things throughout the Old Testament to provide protection for the children of Israel. He used fire, floods, escape routes, royal decrees, pagan armies, insomnia. See, God's power and creativity to deliver his children knows no bounds. 
So he used all of these things to provide protection for them because God promised the children of Israel that if they followed him, he would always protect them. Think of it, when they had the battle against Jericho, the fortified city, God delivered it into their hands because they were faithful and obedient to him. And just after that, they faced a city that, man, they could handle on their own, so they thought. They walked in disobedience and they were defeated by those in Ai because God provided and removed his protection based on their exact and direct obedience. The children in the New Testament, our protection is not immediate, nor is it based on immediate compliance with God's rule and God's law. We'll come back to that in just a moment. You see, God allows stresses and trials in our lives. The book of James says, when they come to you, accept it with pure joy. When trials and difficulties come into your life, accept it with pure joy. Can I tell you what I want to say to James? (laughs) But I I won't, but I, I don't want to accept it. Consider it pure joy and trial. When's the last time you went into a trial and you said, oh, Lord, man, I just want to say thanks for this rotten day. You know, I just dropped a 100-pound weight on my foot. Praise God, it's going to be a joy enduring this trial of trying to get back to good health. That's why I avoid the gym at all costs. But anyway... God does not shield us from things that are happening in our lives all the time. He assures his disciples that he has told us these things that we may live in peace and that we know that we will have trouble, but take heart. God has overcome the world that's happening in the trouble and our deliverance is not immediate, but God is our protection in the New Testament just like he was In the Old Testament, in every situation, God remains in control, and our sufferings have a limit. In the New Covenant, our focus is on God's spiritual protection against the enemies of our soul. And God has given us spiritual armor to be our protection today. He's not always going to deliver us from every difficulty. In fact, some of those will produce perseverance in our lives and godliness and actually have spiritual benefit as we walk forward through those things. God gives us his peace as our protection. We'll come back to that in just a moment. But he says, let our, his peace guard our hearts in our minds. The essence of God's protection for the New Testament believer is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Man, we're in a new day, a new ball game. Second Timothy, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. 
You see, your protection is secure through eternity. Man, I'm a grandpa. My daughter's two and a half, or my granddaughter's two and a half years old. I spent the day at the zoo, the Milwaukee Zoo with her yesterday. We had a blast. And then I taught her last night at the hotel how to have a pillow fight and jump on the bed. We had so much fun. And people say this to me all the time. Aren't you afraid for the world you're grandpa? granddaughters growing up in, and can I tell you I am absolutely unequivocally not afraid because God is my protection. God is the one who has us secure in his hand, and I don't know exactly what tomorrow holds, but I do know that eventually the blessings that we experience now will be removed. We will live in a different world, and the same God who had me before will have me in the midst of those things and he will have me in eternity and my granddaughter Ellie as well if she chooses that. As my pastor would say, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. (laughs) Guys, that's what it's about. Your deliverance, your protection is not based in the immediate moment or situation. Don't lose heart in that moment. When Kristen and I were younger in our marriage, the first half of our marriage, unfortunately, with all of our commitment and our love for God, we fought way too much. And it was ungodly. And the enemy used to come to me and he would say, Dan, you know, you've worked all these years on your marriage and look, you guys are fighting and you, you don't have any kind of quality marriage. It would disappoint me. And then one day God put in my heart, Dan, the arguments are an aberration. The day after day of loving each other effectively, that's what the relationship really is. Don't get sidetracked by a momentary argument. Can I tell you that God's protection is the day after day after day after day and the eternal protection and the difficulties are the aberration of your life in God and he's going to use those to produce some pretty amazing stuff in the end for you. Don't get sidetracked by what you're walking through in the immediate because the believer is sealed for the day of final glorification, no matter what happens in this world. Heaven is our home, and we are safe in the Lord. Number two is this, God is my encourager. He says in Psalm 3, 3, but you, O Lord, are a shield about me, the lifter of my head. Some of your translations will even say, my encourager. And here's the deal. The greatest way God encourages you is to bring you peace. To bring you peace is the greatest encouragement. Peace in the midst of all of it. I have two friends in particular. One is a believer, one is not. They are so confused by everything happening in their lives and in this world And they are, you know, heartburn all the time. They're just totally 
gone with all of the cares and concerns, and they say to me, how do you do it? Because I don't worry about any of that stuff. I just take whatever's coming that day, that week, whatever it is. And I say, because God gives me peace. I don't have to worry and fret and be, you know, uptight with everything happening. And, and as you read through Psalm 3.3, in the last couple verses, David gives the key to this peace. He says, I lie down and sleep. And I wake again because the Lord sustains me. And I will not fear ten thousands that assail me on every side. The key is just to trust God. I can't promise you what's going to happen when you walk out of this place. I can't promise you what's going to happen in any circumstance in your life, in our country, in the world, any of those things when we leave here today. All I know is that we have this moment and we have a choice to make to trust or to fret. And I choose trust. God gives us the ability to trust him. When we put our faith in God, we can rest knowing the Lord will sustain us even when we're dealing with life's most troubling circumstances. Listen to this great quote by C.S. Lewis. God cannot give us happiness and peace apart from himself because God is not there. There is no such thing. There is no such thing as peace and happiness apart from God. You can search and you can look for it and try and find it, but legitimately, it is not there. The greatest, one of the greatest blessings that you can have is peace. It's an incredible benefit. I want to suggest to you that some of us, like my two friends, are not living in the benefit of peace. If you have your wallet with me, with you, if your wallet's with me, we have problems. <laughs> Take your wallet out if you would. If you have an insurance card, grab your insurance card. No, like legit. If you have your insurance card, grab your insurance card. Would you do that for me? Like just you know, whatever, patronize the old guy. Just get your insurance card. I want you to look at it if you have it. When you go to the doctor, they say, do you have your insurance card? And you say, oh my word, I forgot. <laughs> you hand them that insurance card and they take care of you. God has given you a benefit card that too often you keep in your pocket. And the circumstances call for you to turn in your card and you say, no thanks, I'll take care of this one on my own. You would never do that at the doctor. You would never say, thanks, for wanting to pay this bill, insurance company, but I think I'll just pay it myself. You would think I was nuts, guys. And effectively, that's what we do too often with this benefit of peace. The benefit is already there. It's already provided. 
God has already placed it in your spirit if you will use it. I don't care if it's problems with a kid, a job. I don't care what the problem. I don't care if you're trying to manage so much blessing and you're a little stressed out wanting to leverage it for God's greatest good. Whatever the challenge, you can have peace. It's a benefit. It's in your pocket. Pull it out. Use it. One of the things that that I get conflicted about sometimes is the lack of peace in the house of God. Like, we have this benefit. Pull it out, use it. Finally, God always hears me. I cried to the Lord and he answered me from his holy hill. I am so amazingly grateful that God is a much better listener than I am, right? I mean, come on, guys. You know you stink at listening, especially when you first get married. You want to jump in there. Your wife's telling you about this challenge, problem, whatever. You, in two seconds, you have the solution conversation over, right? And she says to you, I don't need you to solve my problem. I just need you to... Yeah, amen, ladies. I didn't hear a single man's voice in that nor should I I'm with you guys solve it quick get on to the next deal it's good for your marriage anyway moving on I'm so glad that God listens better than I do and you know how God listens a lot of times like you listen to someone and you can see the reality of what they need to do while they're talking and they can't but there's benefit in the process of getting that out there I'm a verbal processor. Pastor Ryan can let you know that. Sometimes I'll come in his office. It's been a while. In fact, I need to come in pretty soon here. And I'll, I'll just process verbally, right? And he listens really well, really well. And I'm sure there are times that he can see what's already going on, but I need the value of sharing it. And then having him speak into it with wisdom. And I can tell you right now, I absolutely hate pouring my guts out to somebody 20 years younger than I am and then having me give me the wisdom. Oh, I hate that. (laughs) He can see it or you can see it as a parent, but that kid or that man or that pastor needs to speak it out, and God in his goodness allows us to do that, and he has no intention of changing the circumstance. He has an intention of you being changed as you sit in his presence and pour this out. I don't know if you heard me. God lets you sit in his presence and pour out your heart before him and changes you and me in that process. 
two amens. So God lets us come before him and pour out our guts and, and share the things in our lives. And he changes us as we're in his presence. Yes, that's it. Never let go of the fact that God always hears you if as we talk to him and he changes us as we sit in the presence of the living God. No other, no religion has that benefit. But you and me as believers in Jesus Christ, because we serve a living God who's there to listen, he always hears. So I want to pray for you today about just living in and experiencing the benefits of God and carrying those with us and letting them change our countenance when we go through things in our lives. Father, we love you. We honor you today, God. We thank you that you are truly our protection, that everything that happens in our lives goes before the throne of God because we are children of the King. So we thank you for that, God. We thank you that you protect us. We thank you that you hear us and that you encourage us. God, that encouragement is what makes us able to live confidently. That peace, that the way you encourage us with peace lets us live confidently in a world that seems to be, you know, in chaos, we can have quiet confidence because of the peace of God and we have our benefit card. We can present this, so to speak, in all of these situations. Help us to live vibrantly in the benefits of God. In Jesus' name, amen.